Hello, this is Joe Flair. Welcome to the Joe Flair Show, your monthly music podcast. Last November, my lovely supporting guest Kit and I introduced our More About Music series with an episode focusing on the undercover craft of ghostwriting. If you're curious about that show, click on episode 10 of the Joe Flair Show after this podcast is finished. Or just binge my entire catalog. Thanks. Anyway, this more about music series is meant to shed light on the terminology used in the music industry. In the April episode, we are taking a look at something essential to music, something necessary for your favorite songs, something that I self-identify as. Let's talk about producers. First, before learning about top-notch producers, we must understand the art of production. A music producer, also referred to as a record producer, is responsible for most of the tasks in music that are not apparent to the public. They help the face of a certain project, usually a singer or a band, create a polished product. They make a song more quality while following the signed contract between client, label, and producer. A quality producer helps the artist reach their vision while tailoring the music to reach a broader audience. Both the musician and the producer must leave the studio equally satisfied with the completed job. Before a finished product, however, the producer's main goal is figuring out recording times to stay on track for deadlines and to stay on budget. For smaller independent record labels, working tightly is extremely important. It is a huge undertaking for people working with less assistance, so attention and focus is essential. In fact, indie musicians and companies are encouraged to hire a producer who can keep them on track. Producers who work with independent musicians also help ensure that the endeavor isn't over or underproduced. In the midst of recording, producers may need to help settle turmoil between band members. If the producer feels super motivated, they can even sub the equipment. Luckily, Kit is an excellent helper with our microphone. Hey, gotta earn my keep somehow, right? Anyway, as far as production, I always pictured the producer as, you know, the guy who sat in front of the soundboard on the other side of the glass, the person who just worried about the final song, but it appears there's more to that job. The way you see a producer isn't really wrong. They are the people that worry about the sound and instruct the band on what needs to happen next or what might need to change, but that is definitely only part of the job. Basically, the job of a producer is to help the musician or band, making sure that the recording stays on track, the music is quality, and that if a group needs help with, say, songwriting, that the producer has their backs. In order to be successful, producers need both technical ability and also creativity. Quality production is an art. How much money does a music producer make? Well, it depends on how talented you are and if you are well-known or not. According to the Music Careers Dollars and Cents report in 2016 at Berkeley College, 
of music producers make anywhere from 25000 to $1 million annually. Well, that is certainly a range. Indeed. That top end makes me think I need to go mainstream. Better start networking. Production payment doesn't sound too stingy. Now that we have a better understanding of the role of a producer, let's take a look at some successful people in the production world. Did you know there was a fifth Beatle? That was the nickname given to George Martin, formerly of the BBC, who started off, as most music producers do, helping out at a record label. Five years after joining EMI, Martin worked with comedy and classical acts. Early in the 60s, 1962 to be precise, he began his legendary work with the Beatles. Martin organized the string arrangement for the Fab Four's classic Eleanor Rigby. Please tell me you're doing a playlist for this show, Joel. I know every song has production on it, so technically a playlist could include anything. But I love Eleanor Rigby. Uh, clearly, this producer is talented. Did he work with other acts? But of course. With the notoriety that came along with producing the Beatles, Martin went on to work with a wide array of artists, including Jeff Beck, Kenny Rogers, and Elton John. According to Pitchfork.com, Martin played with tape speeds and reversed tape. The Beatles song, Please Please Me, was actually recorded as a ballad, but Martin sped it up, and it became one of the first hits. He is the recipient of many Grammy and Brit Awards, and has been nominated for numerous accolades. If you forgot about Dre, let's refresh your memory. The almost billionaire producer Andre Young, aka Dr. Dre, got his start in the gangster rap group N.W.A. He then went on to record and produce his highly successful debut, The Chronic. He founded Aftermath Entertainment and the record label Death Row, which includes Dre's protege Eminem. If you want to learn more about M, check out episode 15 of the Joe Flair Show after this podcast. Although Dre's style is always evolving, he is often credited for West Coast G-Funk, a style known for synthesizers and slow, heavy beats. This gangsta funk was smooth and laid back. Dre has had many, many nominations and has won six Grammy Awards. Rick Rubin is truly a legend. He founded the label Def Jam alongside Russell Simmons. He signed old school rap acts like Hello Cool J and Public Enemy, as well as the Beastie Boys. He is actually credited with helping popularize hip hop music. But before all this, Rubin was a young man performing in his punk band Pricks and later the garage punk group called Hose. Although he's part of Hip Hop Kit, this group is spelled with an S-E, not the other way around. Ah, yes. Couldn't resist, Joel. It's pretty interesting Ruben was into punk, clearly, but then went on to being such a force in hip hop. Right? You wouldn't think the two would go together. Well, 
It turns out that Ruben got interested in the NY hip-hop scene and met a DJ who taught him about hip-hop production. Ruben co-founded Def Jam Records while attending college and focused his efforts on New York artists. The Beastie Boys actually started in a punk style, but Ruben encouraged him to make changes and move towards rap. So toward the top of the show, I mentioned thinking producers just clean up a track, but this is one of those examples of a producer actually shaping a band, and it also explains to me how the Beastie Boys got their kind of unique sound. Yeah, as a producer, Ruben is known for blending rap with rock elements, as we hear in the Beastie Boys. As a matter of fact, Ruben has also produced a variety of rockers, including System of a Down, Slayer, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. His other work is known for being stripped down without strings and backing vocals. Ruben has been nominated for more than 20 Grammys, winning five of those, some of which are for his production work with Johnny Cash and the all-female country group The Chicks. Beyond those awards, artists sing its praises. Producer Dr. Dre even said that Ruben is, quote, Hands down, the dopest producer ever that anyone would ever want to be, ever, unquote. Billy Shimchik isn't a household name, but he is a noteworthy name as far as music production. He is best known for his work on the Eagles' The Long Run album and 1976's Hotel California. He worked with a variety of of classic rock groups and artists, including the Jay Giles Band, Bob Seger, and The Who. When he was a teenager, Shimchik constructed a radio from a DIY kit. This radio picked up a Nashville-based station featuring popular artists like Robert Johnson and B.B. King. Believe it or not, Shimchik went on to work with King, producing his first Top 100 album. 1969's Live and Well. Chimchik is known as the producer who can change a band's sound. He says this works for him because he is not a professional musician, he's a professional listener. He also preferred to record groups like the Eagles singing as an ensemble, instead of the typical way of recording each band member's vocals separately and mixing them together. Bill Shinchik was nominated for a total of six Grammy Awards between 1976 and 1978. He received one Grammy in 1978 for Record of the Year with the Eagles, Hotel California. I love how you curated producers who have worked with bands from different genres. We've seen the Beatles, you know, the ultimate pop music, rap, classic rock, and even some country. And we're not done yet, Kit. Let's look at a famous name in popular hip-hop and R&B. This list of prolific producers will be nothing if it didn't include Timothy Mosley, known professionally as Timbaland. Working with many famous artists in the 90s and 2000s, including his childhood friend, rapper Missy Elliott, and Justin Timberlake, his signature is inserting percussive mouth noises into his beats. His style is described as a stuttering rhythm and has influenced music internationally, including UK's garage style. 
In my opinion, his unique style is most apparent on Justin Timberlake's My Love. I definitely feel a good playlist coming together, but I can't believe you didn't mention that you've talked about Timbaland before in your Missy Elliott episode. After your earlier plugs, this one almost slipped by. Well, I figured that listeners plan on binging the rest of the show, right? Look at Timothy and Timbaland on episode 7. Maybe production is in Timbaland's blood, because musician and producer Pharrell Williams is his cousin. In 2020, Timbaland co-created the popular webcast series Versus, a musical battle program that allows competing artists to highlight their discographies. He has been nominated for dozens of awards and has won four Grammys. I feel the show wrapping up, but before we go, I have to say I'm a little disappointed, Joel. You found some real stars in the production world, but you never talked about my favorite producer. You. Aw, Kate, you're so sweet. Well, I record and edit all audio projects, including this podcast, on Audacity. Audacity is a free recording slash editing software which includes a bunch of effects for your production. As far as music production, I use GarageBand, and just in the last year started learning FL Studio 20. My signature style is to usually blend genres together. It's kind of like blending colors, what works, what doesn't. Based on the research for today, I can confidently say yes, I am a producer. However, I will leave it up to you, the listener, to judge how qualified I really am. Now that I'm done gushing about myself, I want to say thank you for joining today's show. Make sure to come back next month to your monthly music podcast, and don't forget to leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps others find my show. Until next time, I'm Joe Flair. DJ Flair show. Bye. This podcast is an Elf Pie production.